Welcome to episode 146 of Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Jack. So we are doing our Chew on This reminisces, and this year's entry is going to be Die Hard, which is pretty fitting because it just had its 30th anniversary. Uh, I can't believe that. July of 1988. That's totally insane. And, uh, and coincidentally, uh, Bruce Willis is having his, like, uh, his uh, uh, comedy roast on Comedy Central, which I totally wish I could watch that right now, but I can't. So um, anyway, uh, just to give you guys a little bit of perspective out there, uh, we're, I'm in Northern California and there's fires everywhere and uh, I was evacu- evacuated from my house, but uh, here we are recording anyway. So we, we found a way. But um, anyway, everything's cool. So... Let's talk about Die Hard. 30 years, man. Uh, let's start with the boring shit that you've got. All right. Well, uh, well, this is, you know, this predates the internet and shit. So, but uh, um, 71 total uh, reviews, uh, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. The total box office uh, take uh, was $83 million in 1988. So I guess that's pretty good on a budget of $28 million. Wow. Budget of $28 million, But 88 88- doesn't I mean I, maybe that's good I don't know. Oh, 83. It just Is sounds it really low. 83. It I mean, still sounds really low. <clears throat> I mean today's standards. You know what I mean? Well, I mean it. It, it was on a budget of 28 million, so it definitely more than four times quadrupled. the amount. Yeah. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Let's like make let's like you know a big blockbuster for 100 million and you. And you finish with four hundred million, just uh, domestically. That just sounds better. <laughs> Does it? It sounds way better. <laughs> uh, well, it's the same ratio. <laughs> yeah, it's same ratio. It just sounds better. But anyway, for yeah. the time, basically, it was a, it was a hit. It was a box office hit, and Bruce Willis was oh, yeah. became catapulted became him, yeah, and to stardom. Um, so we're going to reminisce about this, and we're just going to go over with our chew on this eyes about we end up anytime we go back through a movie, we end up just ripping it or you know, <laughs> finding faults with it. I don't know why it's fine. That's the case. Like I can't, I mean, I guess if like, if we didn't do that, we would do an episode like the dark Knight, and then the podcast would be like five minutes long. This movie's still awesome. Podcast <laughs> over. And this movie is still awesome. Like I remember I was taking, a, I was taking a bunch of notes, but I remember you telling me like, and oh, yeah. halfway through the middle, you just stopped taking I notes just and started taking enjoying. Notes and I just started just watching this movie because I was like, oh, my God, I forgot how good this movie is. And I got into it. And then for like 45 minutes, I just didn't take any notes. <laughs> That's probably a better way to go, honestly. Um, but, you know, I, and then I kind of remember like, oh, shit, I'm watching this for the podcast. I better I better uh, start picking shit apart. What so. is the what is the uh, do you have the Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I thought I gave that uh, uh, 93%. Oh, 93%. Maybe I didn't catch it. Okay. So 93%. That's that's pretty fucking good. Um, it's it's crazy how good this... And and uh, one of the notes I took, it was the overall look and feel of this movie. And if you watch... I know you just watched it, but whenever you watch it again, um, and any listener who hasn't watched it in a while, when you watch it, try to watch this as certain scenes are like graphic novel... Yes. Panels. Oh yeah, for sure. And the the movie is just gorgeous for an action movie. 
the the background, the aesthetics, all the settings that he's in on each different floor looks like would be in the way that you would paint a scene to look visually stunning in a comic book. Um, but so yeah, that's I think that's what sets this movie apart from other movies. I'm trying to like remember Lethal Weapon because this Lethal Weapon was a year before this movie. Um, uh, but uh, in, in Die Hard, it, it it looks better than it did in Lethal Weapon. I, Lethal Weapon is still a good movie, but uh, I don't remember shots looking this good. Yeah, I don't, Le- I don't either. Hard. And the the director is a great director, but he has. I think this was like his first and greatest movie. Like I. He he's done a lot of shit and he's disappeared like off the face of the earth because he was like, I think had a prince prison sentence for lying to the FBI about something. Um, oh really? Yeah, um, he he wiretapped somebody and it was against the law and he had to serve time in prison. And when he got out, he just kind of disappeared. But gotcha. he's he's done a ton of movies. So if you go to IMDb, you can um, you can check out a lot of he did he did a lot of shit, a lot of movies, um, a lot of movies that anybody would know what they are. I mean. His other most famous movie, well, two, um, is uh, P- uh, Predator and Hunt for October. Yeah, he was a big '80s director, like pretty big. Um, well, those are two. Those are yeah. pretty two big, yeah. iconic movies. Oh, yeah. um, the last decent movie he did was The Thomas Crown Affair, for me. But most famously, it was just uh, what's her face, uh, Rene Russo, yeah. oh, just naked for no man. reason whatsoever. Yeah, remember that scene? Yeah. I was just like, wait a minute, why she's so just, gratuitous? That's just a bullshit. Nu- yeah, exactly. There was no reason for this nudity. It just happened. Yeah, I mean, I was glad that it happened. She was great, <laughs> but it just caught me off. It was kind of like when Halle Berry was nude in uh, Swordfish. Swordfish. Yeah, that was gratuitous. I was like, what? Too. I'm like, I've always wanted to see him, but. That's just weird. <laughs> well, yeah, and they and they actually advertise that. They're like, "Come watch, yeah. come watch your naked in this movie." Like, which would never happen in 2018. No, no, it would never happen that way. No, where the whole reason to go see this movie is to see some actresses' tits. That would never <laughs> fucking happen. I think it's kind of, it's not even taboo anymore. Nobody cares. Um, like, but uh, so, so that was one of the things that I noticed overall about this about this film is that it's. It's fucking gorgeous. Shot for shot, it looks like a, a comic yeah, book movie. People have been argu- people have been arguing back and forth about whether or not this is a Christmas movie. And even uh, Willis said uh, recently, it's not. it's not. This is not a Christmas movie, but it takes place uh, yeah, it on takes Christmas place during Eve. Christmas. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But I, you know, I actually so since that's been going on, I actually haven't. I actually didn't think that I've I've watched it in a really long time, and I probably think before, like I'm talking from beginning to end. I've caught bits and pieces here and there, but I never, I haven't sat down and watched this movie from beginning to end, um, in probably over a decade. And I feel like that's around the time where people started noticing that this was like a Christmas movie. I think Friends made it famous, right? Because if you, well, if you pay attention, especially the music, they always there's always jingle bells in the music. There is, but I, I, I remember watching this now. And th- and you know, trying to see if the spirit of Christmas is in this movie, it's not. It's not really. really. No, no, barely. So that's why I don't think it's a Christmas movie. <clears throat> I mean, he says "ho ho ho." I have a machine gun now. Right. That's, <laughs> right. There's like little sprinkles of it, but and there's no like. <clears throat> I want to say there's like a character arc, kind of, for for John McClane with his wife because he realizes like he'd rather be with her than be a cop. Right. At that point in time, you know, but. I don't remember much of a character arc for the wife, other than her him saving her ass. Oh, there's a character. Sudden- there's there's a, there's a character arc for her. Uh, if you watch that film very closely, she starts with the buttoned up shirt, and by the end of the movie, her boobs are popping out. 
Oh yeah. Well, this is 1988, and I remember thinking when I saw that. That's I think this is the movie that got me into liking lace lingerie for, for women. I think this was the movie. Yeah, by the end of that movie, I was like, "This is Whoa. probably what started my my lace fetish." Die Hard. So it might not be a Christmas movie, but for me, it was a coming of age movie. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I've never seen lace before. That looks nice." That looks nice. Start raiding your sister's drawers. <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> your like, sister's old. You're like, right? oh, you, you went too far. <laughs> Younger. So anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's not a Christmas movie. This movie is just balls of the wall action. It's awesome. They they did they redid this movie recently and slapped the name skyscraper on it with the rock. Um, yeah, it's, gave I, the rock. They gave the rock a um, a, uh, a a a um, an amputee. He was an amputee. Yeah, and they gave and they gave him a metal leg, and it actually like it worked out that he actually like because he had a metal leg, it saved his ass like three times in this movie. So imagine <laughs> if he didn't have a fucking metal leg, he would have died three times over. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> very true. It saves his life a few times. Um, so well, I guess well, yeah, I guess Bruce Willis needed both of his legs to survive this movie. <laughs> Bruce Willis used his brains. He, he was just he just used his cop sense, and yeah. I loved. I oh. just loved every time, every the the way there was, This movie is like a, a, a writer's dream, like a foreshadow type of thing, you know, foreshadowing dream or something like that for a writer because every little thing comes into play. Like if he mm-hmm. glances over at something, and then you hear jingle bells or something, and then you're like, "Oh, he's going to use that shit later." You know, it's there's always something. Well, there's there's one that was really subtle that I never picked up on until I saw it this time. Ooh, I don't, I, don't wanna, I I had never picked up on this until this very fucking time. Do you know how many times I've seen this movie? Yes, I haven't seen it from from beginning to end in like ten years. I've seen it like fifty, but times. I've seen yeah, exactly. And this was the first time I noticed this, and I never noticed this fucking callback. And I don't know if you did, but maybe I'm just a dumbass for not knowing all this time. Okay, I'm excited. It's the line in the very beginning when Ellis is like, show him the watch. It's a Rolex, right? Oh, yeah. And she's like, I don't want to show the watch. Like, I don't want to, you know, it's it's not that big of a deal. Right. Well, that Rolex ends up fucking saving her life. Oh, yeah. No, that's... that's <laughs> okay, so I am a dumbass. That. You are. <laughs> But 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 then again, it's one of those things where it's like it's the very beginning of the film, and then you don't hear about it again until right, the it's end. It's never touched again. And then and then at the end, it, it's such an iconic like like they're almost going to fall out the window and shit. It's like it's yeah, serious. but you're not like my brain was like I'm still I. I I only I didn't notice it. You're thinking at about the lace. End of the flick. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. lace. <laughs> yeah, by that time I've already seen the lace, so like the watch is out of my mind. I'm not thinking. Of, that's the last thing I'm thinking about is the watch in her hand. <laughs> Fuck the watch. Where's the lace? Save the lace. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so I never I never thought of so when he said the watch again this time I'm like oh shit that saves her life. Yeah, because he Bruce Willis un, un it, he undoes it from her wrist. Yeah. And then he, yeah. Alan Rickman falls. Yeah, God, so cool. Oh, uh, the other thing I picked up on is the the guy on the plane in the very beginning of the movie that tells him to rub his feet in like a weird place, <laughs> not a weird place on a rug, like you know, right, right, right. Uh, I've actually done that before, but that's not the that's not the little tidbit. That's the same that's the same guy who played the father 
in uh, Monster Squad. He was oh, right. the mummy. The mummy came at my house, father. Because remember, he right. Opened the, that's the same guy. It's, this is all around the same time frame. <laughs> he tells his kid, "Go rub your feet outside. Shut up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go calm down. Go rub your feet." Go rub your feet in the closet. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, I rub something else in the closet. I got to go somewhere That's else. That's why he's on the plane, because he ran away, because his kid fucking died from the mummy. <laughs> he's like, I, I got to get away. Uh, who knew Who knew, Who knew? knew Die Hard was, was attached in some way to Monster Squad? You, <laughs> is it attached to Kevin Bacon? We got to find out. So, so the sequel to Monster Squad is Die Hard. <laughs> the rub your, the rub your feet, guys. Uh, it's the same. It's the same character. It's the same character from the Monster Squad. Could you imagine like a franchise starting that way, where the first, the, fir- the first movie is a romantic comedy, and then the second one is like straight horror, <laughs> then action, like. Like the first movie is called uh, is let's just think of like two random real life movies. The first one is Pretty Woman, right? Uh-huh. And then this and the sequel is Hostel. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine those two movies together. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, but like when people talk to me on the plane, I, <laughs> I get annoyed. I'm like, just leave me alone. So like this guy's like talking my ears off. He's but like, that guy's <laughs> right though. Anytime I go into a hotel, I fucking do that, and I always think of Die Hard. I can't be the only person that does that. You're like, I can't be the you're only. You're the person. hotel. You're like, what do I rub on the floor again? Oh, oh yeah, my feet. Do, I'm rubbing something, and it feels like home. <laughs> this feels really good. Your wife's like, like get off the floor. What are you doing? Like, oh, Die Hard told me to. Like, no, <laughs> your feet, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, take off your shoes. Make fists. I had a- with your toes. Yeah. <laughs> I had a hard time. Um, I had a hard time, like, in the first, I would say the first 45 minutes of this movie, I had a hard time writing notes. I felt like I was nitpicking a lot. Like, uh, one of my notes was actually that all the terrorists were dressed really nice and had no tactical gear. Mm-hmm. Like, that was my nitpick a little bit. Um, like, the tech guy, like, I know it's California, right? I know it's Christmas time. But the, the, the tech guy alone was in a long sleeve button down with a sweater on top of it. And then he had it on a sport coat. I'm like, I wouldn't wear that in fucking New York in the wintertime. Like, that's a <laughs> lot of layers. And he's doing that in L.A. Like, I, that's that's the shit that I ended up nitpicking on. Yeah. You know what he's what he's wearing. I just love yeah, it. like uh, that. And then right up before that is also where Ellis is clearly snorting cocaine in his wife's office. And he doesn't do anything. Oh yeah, wouldn't you like punch him out or be like, "Is there something going on here between well, Bruce you two? Willis is a fucking look. If <clears throat> Bruce, well, actually, you know what? If Bruce Willis arrests that guy, him, Ellis, and the wife, who's probably going to go yell at him the whole the way down to the elevator and out of the building, <laughs> they live. They, they, they nothing happens. Ellis doesn't fucking die. <laughs> right. So if Bruce Willis does his job, he could have saved Ellis's life. Yeah, like. For like two hours, his wife is safe already. For two hours, they're just sitting in the police station, <laughs> yeah, not knowing <laughs> what's going on. And then they see in the news Nakatomi building, like, oh shit, we were just there. And then he's got to get back in, and that's how, and that's how uh, skyscraper starts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The rocks, like, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the only difference. Is I used to be a decathlete. I used to be a decathlete. I got this. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference between these two movies. The Rock leaves the building and has to get back in 
Right. And uh, die and uh, in Die Hard, he's already still in the building. So it's like it's like two like it's like a Mister Baseball scenario. <laughs> <laughs> one is if he arrested Ellis, and the other one's if not. If not, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of problems would be solved with like cell phones, but. They didn't have them. Oh yeah, this TV. movie, this movie, it's just cell phones. Like, yeah, I was thinking that too. They're like, knock out. There's like, oh, there's no landline. Like, why don't you just use your cell phone? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be the, one of those big box deals, you know, walking around. Yeah, and a, another big like ongoing theme is that basically, other than Al and Bruce Willis, and are the only two useful people in this entire movie. <laughs> Everyone else is dumb as fuck or causes more issues. Every it's the two things: law enforcement, either, FBI. You, either, yeah. either you're a fucking idiot or you cause more issues. That's basically what your role is in this movie. If you're not Bruce Willis or well, I'd be or I'd be honest the guy with from you. Family Matters. I'd be honest with you. <laughs> Who's a cop in every fucking thing he does? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was the other thing that kind of bugged me is that if you really truly like really listen to what Bruce Willis says to Al, it'd be really hard to believe what he's saying. Like, he's like, yeah, I, I know how to spot a phony ID. Like, I I capped off two more bad guys. Like, he's saying all this shit. And I'd probably be <coughs> leery. I'd be like, uh, I don't know. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, what's, you know, like, prove to me what's going on. But, you know, he does throw the body out the window. But, like, my <laughs> skepticism, though, my skepticism, my brain, would be like that chief that showed up who's just like, well, how do you know he didn't fucking kill that guy? Or how do you know that guy didn't commit suicide because his stock went price went down or something, you know? And, <clears throat> and uh, I was kind of like really – I'd be really skeptical too because he, he's not giving his name. He's not telling you he's a cop. He's not telling you anything. He's just like, I'm – I'm stuck up here, and I just capped off a few few bad guys, and it's like okay, you know. So uh, the skepticism there, I, I don't know. I think that the cop believes him way too quickly. He's just like so, yeah, yeah. No, I, I went back and forth with that, thinking about it because I was like, maybe that dickhead chief is right, and then I'm thinking back, I'm like, eh, I could go either way. What's funny is that this movie could end about halfway through, right? <laughs> because you find out that um, you find out like the FBI comes in and they're like they're typical like men in black type <laughs> like FBI guys. This like, is like F in Saigon, and the other guy's like, I wasn't yeah, even, yeah, I like, wasn't oh even alive, God, asshole. This is so cookie cookie cutter like <laughs> tough guy FBI shit. You know they're gonna get they're, you know they're dead the oh, second they Robert show up. Robert Davies, so I love that guy. Anyway, um, but anyway, so they show up, and I realize that I've never realized this either that this movie could end. So. When when they cut the power to the building, and I'm thinking because Han says that thing about you know the you cut the power, you cut the line, then you cut the line that it resets the entire system. So he knew that the time going lock, in. yeah, right. And I'm like, well, then why didn't you just attack that one guy from Con Ed to shut down the building while you were at the same time, you know, going into the like because there was no there was only two security guards. Right, like right. there's uh, there were four security guards total. One at the front desk, one by the elevator, one in the camera room, I think, and then or maybe another one, and then two in front of the vault. Right, so they're all dead, right? Because you have your your group of armed uh, thieves, apparently. Right, and all you had to do was you didn't even have to go and kidnap anybody. You could have been in and out before anybody knew what the fuck was going on if you just cut the power in the very beginning. Like, why wasn't that the plan? 
Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand the that either. Last floor. Well, and also, like, these guys are menacing. They, they kill people on a whim. Why didn't they just start bringing hostages in there? And, and Takagi would have given him the password in a second if he, if he just shot one hostage. And was like, okay, next. Well, he said he didn't know it. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that was true. I don't think well, that was true at all. I mean, but regardless, it's just, you don't even have to do that. You could have just cut the fucking power. Yeah, you could have ta- you could have taken a, a city official hostage and and put a gun to his family's head. No, and that say, you Con need to Ed the- guy was right there the whole to- time. <laughs> he was actually working. <laughs> you need to cut the power. Right so now. all they they didn't even need to kill anybody. They could have just copied a work schedule, and they could. That's all it would have taken. Copy work <laughs> schedule, kill the guards, in and out. You're done because the second you. The second you, uh, you know, the job's done, you turn the power back on. And then and people think, oh, we, it was just like a power outage, you know? Yeah, I found that. And then they don't check the vault. And then you're fucking scot-free. Yeah, I found Movie's that strange. over. I'm rooting for the bad guys I, somehow. I found it strange that they wanted to blow the roof and they want to do all this shit. Like, like they were going to get in a helicopter and fly away and then blow the roof with a bunch of hostages on it. And then they get away scot-free. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. They just fu- they'd fucking find you. You're, you're in a helicopter. You can't get anywhere fast <laughs> yeah. enough. So it's like uh, their their plan was very convoluted. It was extreme. Like when you look back on it, you're like, oh, shit. If that was Ocean's Eleven, that shit would have been done in like smoother in, in an it hour. It would have been a John McClane fucking it up, though. Um, <laughs> and then the other part, the other part that I didn't really like for the uh, not not that I didn't like there's Well, there's one part I really didn't like, but the part where uh, Hans and uh, uh, McClane meet. After they met, meet, and uh, Hans tells him to shoot the glass out. You know oh. what I'm talking about? Oh, shoot the glass. Right, right, right. So he knows that he's, like, limping somewhere. He couldn't have gotten far with glass everywhere. And because the next time you see him, he's leaving Bl- a trail of blood, blood to the trail. fucking... Yeah. To the bathroom. I'm like, well... Why didn't you? That would have been the time. (laughs) Like now that you got the detonators back, that would you promised that guy. Once we get the detonators, you can go kill that guy. Well, you got the detonators and you still fucking stopped him. Yeah, because that would have been the time to go go, after him. Let's go hook this shit up. That was so dumb. I didn't like that either because he now he's limping around. Now he's bloody foot. This is like like what happens. And he can't hide because he's dragging blood everywhere. This is like like uh, like on the Flash, like when someone gets away. And they're like, well, oh, this is like really bad. Like, like oh, he got away. Uh, video, like video, <laughs> like really bad video game AI. Where like you're sta- <laughs> you're just kind of sneaking up behind them, and because their vision of the cone in their the map doesn't reach you a certain point, even though you're right in front of them, you hop into like uh, uh, a dumpster or something, right, <laughs> or under a cardboard kinda, box, <laughs> or you just jump into some long grass. <laughs> And kneel down, and then you know your your invisibility or detection level goes down. Again, I think it comes down to writing. You know, they they're like, well, we need to. You know, there's going to be a big scene between these two later on. But yeah, I sat there going like, well, now's the time to go after him. He's fucking limping. He's bleeding everywhere. He's not going to get very far. Why wouldn't right. you? Go, why aren't you going after him? Oh, you a little know? bit going back to the foreshadowing you were talking about too. Not just like things that you. Things that like there, there are certain characters and certain things that happen in this movie that you know are going to come back or something's going to happen to them, just based on the character. Like I knew at some point in time the FBI guys were going to either get on John McClane's side, which that happens later on in other sequels where there's always a Dick Authority guy, 
um, that ends up liking him or double crossing him. Anyway, so the FBI guys, you knew like either they were going to die or they were going to you know change their stripes later on. But then there's Ellis, right? The first time you meet Ellis again, he's snorting cocaine. <laughs> Total car salesman douchebag. Right, right, and like. But the second you saw after they had captured him, he tries to, like, do that deal. He snorts a few more lines of coke. And then he gets up and makes this, like, announcement that I want to get us out of here. And I'm like, well, you're fucking dead. Because <laughs> what, like. What are you going to do? <laughs> not only, not only like, in, in, in a movie you knew that that wasn't going to work, but you knew he was going to die. I mean, he just snorted cocaine. Like, it's the equivalent of, like, in a horror movie, some blonde chick goes to take fucking a, a shower at the worst time or some stuff. People are dying everywhere. I need to go take a shower. Like, yeah, we need to go have snorts, sex. This guy snorts, yeah. This guy snorts cocaine. He's like, I'm going to go talk to this terrorist. Like, he's, he's, he's literally like, Mr. Terrific, I got this. I'll take care of this. <laughs> that's how That's how Mr. Terrific should end on Arrow. Right. That's how just Ellis dies. Just fucking die. <laughs> Yeah, just start, I want to see Mr. Terrific start two lines. <laughs> Go, I of got coke this. And just, I got this. I was the Catholic again and just fucking get his head blown off. Oh, man. So, the typical bad guys. I think this was, I don't, I can't really remember movies before this, but this is like one of those movies where there was the typical bad guys. You had the computer guy, you know, it was a black dude. Yep. And he, and that guy kind of always bothered me because he always seems happy and smiling and all that stuff. And I'm like, I think you're more sadistic than anyone here because you're literally happy and people are dying all around you. The guy the guy that looks like That's Huey, the third movie. That's the horror movie. That's yeah, how it turns. The guy that looks like Huey Lewis like shoots the security guard right in front of him and he's like, Hey oh, and then like keeps walking. I'm like, Wow. Like these other yeah. these other guys are showing no emotion and you're literally like giggling he's and the, laughing. He's the only one that lives. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So Argyle might, he, you know what? Beats him up. You know what? In this in the second script, the uh, the in the first original draft, he probably was the mastermind behind this. It was like Kaiser Sose. <laughs> oh yeah, that would have been so. He badass. walks away like Kaiser Sose. He starts fucking limping off, and then he starts running. Oh, you know what? Do this entire movie, and then have the Theo. black dude sitting down. <laughs> have Theo just sitting there telling the story of Die Hard, and then he fucking limps away. That would have been fucking funny. <laughs> and he's got like a. Bunch of bonds under his arm and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but then you got so the guy, one guy looked like Huey Lewis. I swear to God, another yeah, guy. Yeah, who you talking about? Another guy he, looked like a, um, Vigo from Ghostbusters too. And then yeah, like his son. And yeah, and then the last guy was that Asian guy who's in every fucking eighties movie. Oh yeah, and he uh, dies. Yeah, he dies in every movie. Like he was in Lethal Weapon and like didn't. Uh, what's his name? Break his neck. Like Mel Gibson breaks his neck with his feet. You know, oh, maybe I don't know. Brand. Oh, that's right. That's right. That dude he is tortures an, him with electricity. Yeah, he, he has. He has a great. His most memorable role to me is him fighting Brandon Lee in Rapid oh, Fire. Did yeah, you ever see that? I saw that. Yeah, that, that was fight was badass. that was my favorite fight of. That's one of my favorite fights of all time. But he was really good in that scene. They underused him. In, they underused him in Die Hard, and they he was just a typical. They dude. underused him in everything. And he everything. And he uh, except for maybe. Um, he was in uh, a Big Trouble in Little China. That's right. But, but he didn't have like this fight. No. Anybody, if you've never seen this guy show what he can actually do, go find Rapid Fire. It's one of the last movies Brandon Lee did before he died, and um, he's there's a fight scene at towards the end. You could probably YouTube Brandon it. Lee. Yeah, yeah. And, and Tiger Joe, I think is his name. That's what pe- I think they used to call him, Tiger Joe. He just has big Fu Manchu, you know, Fu Manchu mustache and. 
Um, the yeah, guy, he's great. He's, he's great a, in that fight. But it's funny because in Die Hard, he actually has a funny scene. He's sitting there waiting oh, for the, the police, and he sticks crunch. his hand. He gets the yeah, the Nestle Crunch. I'm like, oh god, that's what I would have picked. <laughs> he's all sitting there munching, munching it when they're trying to break through. And then he's like, oh shit, they're coming. I got to. Then shoot everybody him. else follows suit because that guy Theo's eating something. <laughs> Man, didn't this movie like make you miss Rickman even more? Like, fuck that dude could fucking yeah, it did. he could yeah. chew up the scene like a motherfucker. That guy, God, this is one of the best iconic bad guys like ever. No, uh, I had no idea growing up that he was British. No idea. I know I didn't know that either until way later. I mean, uh, another movie I liked him in was in Dogma, and uh, uh, there's, I don't know. There, there's countless movies that he's in that I fucking love. I even liked him in Prince of Thieves, even though it was a really cheesy role. But I, uh, yeah. yeah, the Sheriff of Nottingham. But because he's just no, like he was really good in that movie, though. He's funny. Like what he said, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, use a spoon or whatever. And the guy's like, why use a spoon, Uncle? Because it'll hurt more, you know. And <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah, he was really good in Robin Hood. He was probably the best thing in Robin Hood. What was that? There was a part in the movie where that German guy was like cutting the cutting something with a chainsaw, and the other the power of the phone phone line. And the other guy was like wiring something, and he's making him go like super fast. I never understood that because I couldn't understand what they were saying. Um, but well, I, they were bypassing. They were basically what they were doing is running the main phone line to to, to the control routing center. it. Yeah, to the routing it yeah. just to that one phone so right. they could talk to the FBI. So that's what he was doing and cutting, making sure they cut all the phone lines out. Again, if this movie happens now, they're cell phones. So you would have to cut all the cell phone towers. I don't even know how you would do that. Cut all the cell phone towers and then cut any Wi-Fi service you Oh, have man, it would be so the, difficult these days. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, is why you would just cut the power to the fucking building. See, my scenario works both ways for the bad guys. You could do it in 1988 and you could still do it in 2018. <laughs> You can rob both banks 30 years apart. Oh, my gosh. So there, there's so many. Like I said, we talked about earlier that the law enforcement are so fucking stupid in this movie. Even the 911 <laughs> operator where he's like literally oh, talking oh. to her on the phone and like they're shooting and he, and he just shuts it shuts everything off. He's literally describing <laughs> a major hostage situation. And she still <laughs> says this line is reserved for emergency only. And she, and I'm like, what the f-? like the whole fucking time you're thinking, oh, my God, this is such a stupid bitch. And that's why that because everybody, everybody's feeling the same thing. Like, are you fucking stupid? Yeah. And that line where he's like, no fucking shit, lady. Does it sound like I'm ordering a fucking pizza? <laughs> he's like, she's she's like, this is emergency purposes. If you don't hang up or whatever, we'll have to come down there. And he's just like, fine, fucking come down here. Arrest me. Like put me in. Right. I don't care. Just get the hell down here. And then yeah, like, and then they, it. and then they and start, wasn't enough. And they start shooting at him so she can hear the gunshots over the fucking radio. And that's what, like, okay, we better send Though one even, guy down there. Yeah, but even then, <clears throat> even then, she only sends one guy just to check it out. Yeah, the one fat guy that sits at the desk all day. Yeah, but still, even <laughs> after, even after the bullet, even after the sound of the bullet cutting the line off, she's like. Yeah, I think I still think he's lying. Even if he <laughs> look, man. Yeah, she reluctantly he, sent somebody. Even if that guy was fucking around and he sh- and you didn't know that, but he had the gun and he shot it into the phone and you heard that gunshot, 
you would still send more than one cop over. You oh, have yeah. gunshot. You would send cops over there for a gunshot. Guns fired somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. She doesn't even do that. No. She just is like, hey, I just heard a gunshot, but it's not a big deal. Hey, but uh, just who's go the check fattest the cop out there who can't run? You? Who's okay, the fattest yeah. cop who's gun shy? Who's <laughs> gun right? Who hasn't fired a weapon in a long time? You? Okay, yeah. Go down there. See what's I need happening. a guy who could who could psychologically be the worst person I sent into a hostage situation. <laughs> who's that guy? Oh, the guy buying a shit ton of Twinkies. Right. Okay. Let's let's send that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but Miss Miss Johnson, there was actual gunshots in the recording. Like we could just play it back really? for you. Was it really? Was it really though? though? <laughs> I mean, maybe he was. Maybe he was watching Lethal Weapon. You don't know. <laughs> just send send fucking pal. Yeah, I'm sure he's that. at a AMPM buying fucking quote unquote Twinkies for his pregnant wife. <laughs> the guy that could be send that fucking guy. Like, sure, you are. Uh, oh, there was a part in that kind of bothered me, too, because McLean's like a really smart guy. He was like the one guy out of all the movies. Like, you'd watch a movie, and someone would punch someone, and they'd drop their gun, and they would never pick the fucking gun up. They would just run away. And, like, right. McLean isn't that guy. He'll punch somebody, beat him up, kill him or whatever, and then take their fucking guns, which is great. In this movie, he finally comes across, uh, you know, the German. this German guy goes up there to, to kill him. And he gets him dead to rights. He puts the handgun up to the guy's head. And then what does he do? He fucking hits him with his elbow. And they get in this big fight. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like why did you do that? Why don't you yeah, just shoot yeah. the fucking guy and kill him right then and there? Or shoot him in the foot and, and then wrap him. Instead, he just, like, just kind of bumps him with his elbow. And then the guy fucking overtakes yeah. him. Not and, to mention that guy's like six foot three. Oh, my God. Yeah, the master race. Jesus. He was like... That dude was huge, and he, and McLean got fucked up, you know? Yeah, he's lucky he fell down the fucking stairs. Yeah, broke his neck, you know, on the right. way down the stairs. And then the other thing that also bothered me is McLean enticed the fuck out of these German guys. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, why are you doing that, dude? They got all these hostages. They'll just start killing these motherfuckers if you That's what if they should keep, have done. Yeah, if you keep doing this, they're going to keep killing people. And you're being an idiot. I mean, like, it, even in The Rock, the movie The Rock... They start pulling hostages, and they're about to kill him, and then Sean Connery shows up because he doesn't want anyone to die. Right. That's normal, you know? McLean, he did bad. That's pretty bad when Michael Bay has something smarter in his Exactly. That always bothered me. I mean, McLean, what the fuck are you doing? Why do you ho-ho-ho and I yeah, got a machine Hans, gun? Besides the, besides the fucking not having to actually take hostages, and you could have just cut power to the building... Why don't you just start? Because he actually threatens him. He starts enticing. He's like, point. he's like Remember Hans and Marco. He, no, and but this guy? after after he kills Ellis, he's like, uh, go fuck yourself. He's, well, he, at that point, I don't think he had the detonators, right? So, and then he says, you know, if if something something, if you don't, uh, I'll maybe I'll shoot somebody that you um, care about, that you do care about. I'm like, okay, well, when are you going to start doing that? Right. If he just you never do all he that he just answered his own question. All he had to do is pull someone else and go, hey, talk to this person over the phone. I'm about to kill them. You better get your ass down here. That's all, all right. it would take. That would be done. He's a cop. He would have. A, there's a lot of there's actually a lot of hostages in that place. Oh, my God. He could just start capping motherfuckers. And that dude would go, yeah. I give up. I give up. I'm coming down. Yeah. I mean, he could have got to like 15. <laughs> And there would have still been like 200 people. But, and they didn't know they had his wife. So he would be like, well, shit, maybe she's next. I got to go down there. So there's like, 
Well, he doesn't know at that point it. it's a wife. He just knows that he's there at a party somehow and that he's there for a reason. No, but I mean, McLean knows his wife there. So what if he inadvertently grabbed his wife and he's like, oh, like the shit. second person? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got this chick here. Who is, Her who lace is, is hanging out. <laughs> right. Who was, the, who was the closest one sitting next you, to Ellis? You with the lace hanging out. Uh, oh, get over it was here. almost a pregnant chick, but you were in between them. You're up next. <laughs> oh, yeah. All he had to do was grab the pregnant lady. That would have been Yeah, it, there were so many ways. There were so many ways. This, this, they could have pulled John this, this out. Ter- yeah, this terrorist group, this or this, these thieves weren't as good as they thought right. they were. They were pretty bad, actually. That's right. They're pretty bad at having the upper hand. So another part of It's like that- the Rams losing to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. <laughs> The other part that the was team. the other part that was so ridiculous was that um, he there's a part where he's like kind of stuck like a rat in a trap and he's like he has nowhere to go so he he busts open the vent and he takes his gun and he takes the strap off of the the, right. the machine gun and and when they did that I was like oh shit that's messed up I never paid attention but later on I was like holy shit how long is that fucking strap like that I thing know. that thing was like twenty feet long and he was like wrapping it around his hand and shit he did get it from the six foot three guy yeah. <laughs> And then, and then he, when he falls, if you watch the edit properly or carefully, it shows him falling down the middle of the vent. He never grabs the wall. He like literally just falls. And then, yeah. the, and then the quick edit shows him like grab the vent and then pull himself up. And I was like, oh man, that's that's just really poor editing. Like they just one take and they're like, okay, we're good. Let's move on. I was like, no one will notice this shit. Um, yeah, but at that point, when I remember watching this movie and thinking like, oh my god, how's he going to get out of this? You yeah. know, that shit that's just did not enter my mind. Right. It doesn't until later on. But, like, if you watch Empire Strikes Back very carefully, and when Luke Skywalker does that backflip out into the death, you know, out into the shaft or whatever, like, falls down the shaft, the right. next, next thing you know, he's, like, grabbing onto the ledge. But if you watch that scene, he, he falls way the fuck out over that vent. And he, there's yeah, yeah. no way he would have, like grabbed onto the ledge. And some people have argued, oh, I used the force to grab the ledge. And I'm like, no. Oh, he didn't. But now that Leia is, like, flying around and shit, I guess maybe. But still, (laughs) like, if that's the case, I just would have floated away. I'm like, I'm not going back up there. I'm like, fuck this. I'm out. Yoda was right. I'm going to Mary Poppins my ass out of here. Yoda was fucking right. I should not have done this. I should not. I I immediately regret this decision. (laughs) I made a bad choice. I've lost my right hand. You know what? I I mean, besides holding my lightsaber. I can't jerk off anymore. I can't rub my junk on the floor anymore. I've lost my rub and tug hand. (laughs) I got to learn how to use the other one. Damn it. I mean, this is going to be like the stranger for a little bit, but. <laughs> uh, so, it's yeah, that, feel right. that whole vent thing was ridiculous. Um, and then, like, and then, like, the guy knows he's in the vent, so he just he just shoots off one round, and then he starts pushing it. And I'm like, why are you yeah. pushing it so slow? And why didn't you shoot it the fuck up even worse than that? Why? Why just yeah, like exactly? I, like, I just would have just poured my whole clip into there. And if I saw blood dripping, I'm like, oh, I got him. Or heard somebody screaming. Yeah. Got shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, McLean's what, like 5'10, five, 5'9? Five, yeah. You know, like, how do you miss a five and a, f- almost a six foot gap? They're fucking stormtroopers. Stormtroopers, man. With a machine gun. Like, if you, if you notice, like, all the shots in front of McLean, they're like, you know, two or three feet apart, right? But then on the left hand side, he just misses about almost six feet. Right. How do you like just six feet? You just don't shoot anything. Well, well, if you had to reload, you know, 
reload and shoot in that giant gap that you missed. It's like painting a house and then not painting like this entire panel and just fucking leaving it there. Yeah, it, that yeah, that kind of that bugged me. I didn't understand that, and also um, there was just I don't know the the there was a part in it where he's underneath that big table and the guy has him dead to rights. He's just shooting into the table and he's just like, Oh, next time, you know, when you have somebody in your side, shoot them dead, but whatever it was. And he's like, thanks for the advice. And he shoots him. And I'm, I'm like, and at the time when you're watching it, you're like, Oh, that's fucking badass. But like with our new podcast eyes, I'm watching this going like you fucking had McLean. You're just like, you're just monologuing and shooting all over the place and not, centered underneath the table or like jump down onto the ground and, and you just wasted all your bullets yeah and and you're and you're sitting there monologuing while you're reloading and he fucking kills you of course you're gonna die you stupid ass so that was that was he's the one weird. that gets thrown out the window yeah that was awesome he's like you're so fucking dub i'm gonna throw <laughs> you out the window you're dead corpse <laughs> oh the, the, I, the welcome to the party pal the, the only thing i never liked about the movie and this is when i first saw it I couldn't understand how that guy lived at the end. I, I don't because they show him like two or three times hanging from the chain. Yeah, he how had the like fuck did that guy like live? Like if you watch it, he had like his hand uh, in between the chain and his neck, but still, like he 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 threw that chain across the on that pulley. But and they it, made it a point to show that he was dead. Yeah, or he was just hanging. I mean, fuck, I don't know. He was just fucking just hanging there, like. Ugh. I mean, it's, it's it's the end of that movie is kind of like the ending, almost the ending of Lethal Weapon, right? So like the identical ending. Yeah, almost. they're 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 very similar. In, in that one's respect. got short blonde hair, the other one's got long blonde hair, <laughs> and they both die from one gunshot. <laughs> right. Well, that, or two. Uh, yeah, he, he blew them away with that. That was a huge gun that Powell had for someone that doesn't fucking shoot guns. No, but in Lethal Weapon. Both Riggs and Murtaugh shoot the guy once each. Right, that's right. So, but still, like, same oh, fucking ending. Man, we could talk about that movie too. Like that whole fight scene at the end was so ridiculous. Because, like, yeah, he's just like, I just everyone, everybody, everybody just let's just watch this fucking UFC yeah, I'll fight take, go on. I'll take responsibility, and he beats the fuck out of him and just leaves him on the ground. And I'm like, no. As a helicopter and news people are filming this, going right? On. Could you imagine that happening now? Never, never would happen. Well, actually, it kind of does, but <laughs> people with their cell phones are filming this shit. No cops around. Well, it's never two white guys. <laughs> it's the cops beating the fuck out of them. It's always well. There's always one white guy, right? <laughs> um, um, let's see what else. Um, McLean, McLean and Powell are always talking cow, cowboy euphemisms that, throughout the whole movie, and that, that was so cheesy. He's like, "How many? How many? How come everybody knows the same channel as the terrorists?" Right. <laughs> it's like, "How many kids you have on your ranch, cowboy?" He's like, "Oh, I got two. Well, the fucking the fucking guy who's the fir- the the limo driver's first day on the job somehow picked up the CB police radio. Oh, right. And oh, Argyle's funny because there's some scenes in the movie where. You see, like, Powell driving backwards, and he's crashing, and you see Argyle, like, laughing in the limo and shit. <laughs> right. I love that right. shit. That was just good editing, good filming. Um, there's a lot, no, like there's said, a lot of this, fucking this funny moments. This gorgeous. There's a yeah, lot there's of funny moments. there's a lot moments. of great moments. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, oh, there was another part where, like, McLean's transmitting from the roof, right? And, they're, yeah. and the bad guys are like, how is he? Where the fuck is he? And then Hans is like, he's on the fucking roof. Where else could you transmit? But then later on, he's in the building transmitting to Pal. So it's like, well, which is it? You know what I mean? Like, 
it is it does it work inside? Is it you can only go outside because before it sounded like you could only work outside, and now right. he's inside the, the building talking. Yeah, now he's inside the building talking to whoever he wants. So I thought that was kind of strange. Um, well, how about the other part that for McLean anyway? This is this is one thing that happened that didn't make any sense. Now, not that it didn't make any sense, but it was a really big gamble. Of throwing like four bricks of C four down a fucking skyscraper elevator shaft, and then he just looks down the shaft and watches it. No, that's not the part that I'm bothered by. Why are you? Doing the part that? that I'm bothered by was like, did you? Did were you hoping that the building didn't just fucking collapse right there? <laughs> yeah. Like, what were you thinking? Let's see what happens. Like, I, I yeah, I, I know you want to save the cops in the in the tank, but you know they signed up for that shit. Well, you're not, risking not you could he if, if that building came down the wrong way, he would have killed every fucking cop in L.A. <laughs> and every hostage. Well, so right. what, what bothered me about that scene was what if the elevator moved down like he he threw the thing down there hoping that the elevator was still on that level. That's why because it hit and blew up that that level. But what oh, if the, okay. what if somebody hit the button and the elevator went all the way to the bottom? And then, then he just would have the entire building <laughs> over. Blew the whole fucking building up. And then the cops he was trying to save in the tank actually would have blown up. <laughs> the people in the tank live and everyone else dies. Like, good job. I, I yeah, thought it was. I mean, that, that explosion was so big that it blew out all the windows in the in the which, first, in that floor, which, which that should have line, toppled the entire building. That line was funny because the guy, the guy from Breakfast Club, the principal from Breakfast Club, was like, he's like. He's like they just you just you just sh- you just uh, drenched everyone in you know glass or glass. In, whatever it was. Yeah. And he's like glass. Who gives a fucking shit about glass? I just got butt fucked on national TV, and I was like, well, wait a Dwayne. minute, you did it. You did that yourself. <laughs> <clears throat> you butt fucked yourself with that bomb. <laughs> Why are you was- yelling at that guy? For something you well, did. <laughs> well, he, he, yeah. I mean, the better the better response is like, how did you know the building wasn't going to fucking fall on itself? <laughs> right. Because it, it could have just like just like the Twin Towers, right? Like, And that happened all the way up there where the, yeah. where the structure of the building. He did that on the fucking like 10th floor of like a 40, 44, 45, 50 foot floor building. Yeah. Take like, this. Uh, take this under advisement. Jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> jerk weed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like he took a big risk there. So <laughs> talk like. about talk about the detonators. That's another thing that bothered me. That motherfucker carried him around everywhere with him. Right. Like he didn't hide him anywhere or throw him out the window to the cops and be like, "Hey, they're trying to use this shit." You know, nothing. He just like fucking carried it with him. You know, right. um, which he shouldn't have. Like he like held it. like carrying it around it somewhere. A, like I have this Faberge egg and I'm just gonna carry it around everywhere. Uh, it's worth millions. Um, well, people are chasing or me. People are chasing me and shooting at me. I probably should put this down somewhere and hide well, it. Well, maybe the only with, the only way I can justify it is maybe he's thinking about if he caps off a few more bad guys, he takes their weapons and put him, puts them in the bag. Not the detonators, just the bag that I he guess. has. Like, like it's like a video game, and that's like his bigger satchel. <laughs> you know, like in certain video games in the beginning, like especially if you're playing like an RPG, you can only carry like certain amounts of like uh, of inventory. Jumanji, the the bag right? carrier. <laughs> right. Well, like you can, but then when you upgrade, now you're able to carry like more. Now you're able to do you know, yeah, dual, two lightsabers. Yeah, du- like dual handguns dual weapons. and a right, rocket launcher right. on your back. <laughs> that's what this is. He just pulls it out of his ass. There's so many layers to Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Let's see. Uh, okay, so Hans and McLean finally actually meet face to face. And I remember watching this scene when I was a kid, a teenager, and thinking, oh, shit, this is crazy. Like, and I kept thinking, I kept going back and forth thinking, does McLean really think that this guy, you know, survived or escaped? Like, I don't know. Like, how could Bruce Willis, or, you know, McLean can't be that gullible. Oh, shit, well, maybe he is. I don't know. But, like, now when I watch it, I was like, oh, my God. You cannot, you can't tell me, you can't distinguish Hans Gruber's voice with the, with the, crappy american accent he tries to pull off you know same tone of voice and shit i you know but bruce willis obviously or john mcclain is obviously you know toying with him or trying to figure out some information and shit um with with hans but i i just thought i don't know that whole scene to me just sounded kind of weird and i watched it i watched because you you had told me about that and i watched it I made sure I paid attention to that scene to see if I got the same feeling as you did. And I didn't. And I think it's because every time that Hans and McLean would talk to each other, it was over a walkie-talkie. And this is 1987 or 1988. Mm-hmm. So imagine, like, anybody's voice might not sound the same through a walkie-talkie in a building through a shit ton of walls and floors, you know, in 1988 technology. I just don't think like that would have been as clear to us because if you watch the movie again, um, there's never a time you hear Hans's voice actually through the walkie. Right. I guess maybe I got to go back and pay more attention to that, but there were, I mean, I was just nitpicking, but there's, there's a, Oh my God, there's a part in it where they, um, that news reporter goes to the, to their house. Oh my God. I, and, I mean, this, like you said before, you like, it's, it's correct. Everybody in this movie plays like a, like a stereotypical role of something. Yep. And that guy is just the weaselly fucking asshole guy of the movie. Oh, he's the best by weasel fuck. Uh, nobody will understand that joke, but anyway, um, <clears throat> they, uh, but, but he's threatening the poor Mexican maid with the INS in order to get yeah. the kids on the interview. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that, that scene is actually kind of not dated. Well, if it was today, he would have threatened her, and then they would have came and picked her up anyway. They would have came and picked her up anyway. He would have said INS. He just would have said ICE. Right. And then, like... Okay, fine. You could talk to them, and then while they're talking to the children, you see the cops arrest her anyway and fucking throw her into the van. You're like, oh, that, that sucks. That would happen today. Yep. <clears throat> She's all no, Ilya Gonzalez. Like fuck that. No, you're you're out of here. Um, let's see. That guy. Okay, so we talked about that guy that supposedly died. Bruce Willis beat the fuck out of that guy. Like nobody right. could come back from and hung being, him from a chain being beaten with pipes and shit and, you know, kicking him in the face and punching him. And, like, and he's the whole time he's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to fucking eat you. <laughs> I mean, like, I love that. I was like, yes, beat the beat that fucker up. Um, but he was hanging. Yeah. He was clearly dead. And Broke, then. I mean, clearly not dead, I guess. Right after that, Hans figures out who uh, John McClane really is. Like, he finds out who his wife is because the kids are on TV, and, and you see her face, like, go in horror. Right. And then he goes and grabs the picture and sees them all together, and he's like, oh, I got you now, bitch. You know? Right. And, uh, 
but boy, he does end up being just a typical thief because like he's sitting there trying to put grab all his bonds and all this shit when he should have just got the fuck yeah. out of there. Yeah. You know, like so what? You don't you missed a couple million bucks? Like get out of there with the shit that you got. <clears throat> um, what else? Again, more foreshadowing uh, with the gun. He sees the he sees the uh, the masking tape in that famous scene. You know and. And right. I remember seeing the tape going, what is he going to do with that? And then, you know. I, you know, for me, when I first saw this movie, I'm like, what's he going to do with the rope? Oh, right. Oh, the, oh, fuck. I forgot about the scene. We didn't talk about that. The Where scene. Where it closes up on the, the, the tray. The right. rolling tray. And there's the, there's the, the tape. But the first time I saw this movie. You thought there was I rope remember, there. Yeah. I, I thought, it would, well, there is a, there is string there. And that's yeah. what I focused on for some reason. And I was thinking, like, what's he going to do with the string? Is he going to whip him, like, pistol whip him with the fucking <laughs> tie the string around his wrist or something and, like, shoot him twice and then, like, use it as a fucking, like, uh, boomerang or some shit? And, well, uh, he, he, well, before that, though, I forgot, but the, the big one of the biggest scenes is that he, probably where all the budget went, is, like, he went upstairs and was shooting the machine gun around to tell the hostages to get at the fuck out of there, that the roof is going to oh, blow. Oh, with the typical FBI agent. Yeah, because like he he goes up there and the Asian guy gets killed like right away. Just just shoots Tucker, him. Oh, yeah, he just fucking shoots him, and then he's just like, "All right, everyone, get down." And then they get down, and the helicopter starts shooting him. And, and instead of him running down the stairs with the hostages, he wraps himself up in the fire hose and he jumps off the building. And it's and skyscraper completely like rips that off too because the rock yeah. does the same thing. But like that scene was crazy because he jumps and then he's shooting the window and like. That whole scene has this whole bunch of tension to it where, like, he barely makes it in the building because the fucking thing falls. And then it falls and it starts dragging him out of the building. And he's like, Jesus Christ. And uh, and also, like, while his wife's shirt keeps getting unbuttoned through the whole movie, his <laughs> his shirt, his shirt keeps getting more and more fucked up and bloody and dirty. And, and then it's and then it pretty much rips off like he's got no shirt. Well, he rips end. it off. The, he rips it off <clears throat> to put it on his foot. Right, right. Like he's got nothing on at the end of the movie. Yeah, so um, pants. <laughs> just pants. That's it. And he's, you know, rolling his toe fists on fucking asphalt. Anyway, so um, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, that scene with the with the tape was cool because like he's sitting there and the Alan Rickman goes, uh, "What did you say to me, Yippie Kaye, motherfucker?" And they all start laughing and shit. And then it, the the camera does that cool pan around his back and you see it taped to his back such a fucking iconic scene and he just grabs it and shoots the two guys and and of course we're left with hans flying out the window and and like you said way in the beginning of the podcast is that that watch is what kind of holds him there and then he right. re he releases it and that's a huge that's just like a that's a long game callback i mean you have to, it's really hard to kind of remember that unless you watch it a few times but yeah that that fucking golden watch <laughs> saves her life Fucking crazy. And then, of course, they go downstairs and they're all hugging. And meet. Oh, was it when I first saw this movie and he sees Powell for the first time? I had I had literal tears in my eyes. I was like, oh, I got I got total goosebumps because he comes out of there and he's just staring at him and he and he mouths Powell, you know, and and then the black dude just kind of, you know, he he, he uh, nods and then they go real slow and they start hugging and he's like, ah, you know, and and all that shit. And then the fucking guy comes out and screaming, and they shoot him. Of course, of course, the bad guy's in slow motion. He just had his bat head bashed in, so he, he's not fast enough to shoot them with his machine gun. 
is like super fucking slow, right? So they kill him in a slow motion montage. And then Powell, of course, is the one with the gun. And he explained earlier he doesn't shoot guns anymore because he killed the kid on accident. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, and then, like, that's that's the end of the fucking movie. They ride off in the limo with Argyle, and, and that's it. Um, which, I don't know, like... I kind of knew it by the end of that thing that they that they were probably going to make a sequel, but boy, howdy, that guy is in the middle of shit storms all the time. Like whenever you see McLean, oh shit's going down. Like oh fuck, McLean's here. Like he's getting a coffee. Like are we being robbed here? What's going on? You know, like what's McLean doing here? And he's like, fuck, I just can't fucking go anywhere anymore because everywhere I go, people think there's terrorists around. So, but anyway. It was a joy to watch this movie again. I really enjoyed it. And and now I've actually have the hankering to watch the rest of them. Um, did you ever watch Live... Uh, not Live Free or Die Hard. The last one. It's a good yeah. day to die hard or whatever. That's yeah, terrible. With his son. I, I couldn't get past the first 20 minutes. So it's literally the first 20 minutes is him in a car driving on the freeway. Like for like 10 minutes of the... 10, 20 minutes of the movie. This is him driving in the freeway. And I was like, I'm out. I can't fucking watch this. This is terrible. And uh, and then I keep hearing uh, rumors about them rebooting the whole thing, and uh, but I haven't seen anything. Nothing's happened, and that dude's career's kind of gone down the toilet. There's a lot of made-for-TV movies and shit, or made-for-DVDs uh, or whatever. Anyway, boy, that's that's a I've been talking for the last fucking ten minutes. I think Big fell asleep. He's like, I'm in halfway through Die Hard two right now. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, Anything you want to add to, to Die Hard, Mr. Nope. Vic? Nope. That was our Reminisce episode, folks. Uh, last year, I think we did, uh, what was it, Austin Powers. This year, it was Die Hard, 30-year anniversary. Uh, movie still fucking holds up 30 years later. It's a great flick. Uh, and now I have a hankering, actually, to watch the rest of these fuckers, except for maybe the last one. I don't know. It's kind of the crystal skull of the whole uh, franchise, which is a bummer. They're like cash grab or something. But anyway, <clears throat> that was Chew on This Reminisces uh, Die Hard. Uh, that's episode 146 of Chew on This, a nerd genetic podcast. I'm BJ. Yeah. Until next time, folks, chew on that. Better.